It's Friday, November 11th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, how tech from shows like The Mandalorian is now being used in live election coverage on TV. Plus, an enormous tunnel has been uncovered beneath an Egyptian temple, and some think it could lead to Cleopatra's tomb. And Netflix is starting to experiment with live streaming. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. Fresh off a segment earlier this month talking about the increasing theatricality of politics in America, let's now talk about how some of that is technically achieved in this day and age. And specifically, I want to pull from a piece by Elizabeth DeLuna in Mashable this morning about how MSNBC used tech from The Mandalorian for its midterm election coverage earlier this week. If you tuned into MSNBC or one of the other major networks to watch election results roll in, you would have been treated to the now usual display of souped-up graphics illustrating the minute-by-minute updates from the talking heads. Each election season, the networks seem to be searching for another way to up the ante. As far back as 2008, CNN experimented with hologram anchors. And since then, there has been an ever-changing experimental parade of green screens, holograms, and immersive on-set experiences. And there are, of course, the big boards as well. While no network can make the big board look as good as MSNBC, who, as DeLuna points out, has increasingly acknowledged that, quote, Kornacki and his khakis are always a major pull for the network, end quote. They do all employ some version of a data nerd at a large touchscreen crunching the numbers for the audience. But this year, it wasn't just MSNBC's Kornacki cam that gave them an edge. It was also a virtual set that gave the illusion that the Midtown Manhattan studio had an outpost at the Capitol building in Washington. Now, I will be the first to admit that while learning about the tech behind this illusion was very cool, personally, I never once realized it was anything new or unusual while watching it live. Apologies to MSNBC's real-time graphics team, who apparently worked for months to create it. Or maybe it achieved exactly what it was supposed to. It was an illusion, and I was fooled. Sort of. So let me explain what I'm talking about a bit better here. So anytime one of the anchors, usually Rachel Maddow, said, Sorry, Chris, I've got to interrupt you because we have a projection. MSNBC is officially projecting so-and-so has won the state of whatever. And then you would see the camera pan from the desk of anchors past Kornacki and his big board out to the grounds of the Capitol building in D.C., where a static shot of the building in our present moment at night would serve as the backdrop for animated graphics of the winning or losing candidates' names and faces. It felt like the camera was just taking you through a window of the set to the grounds at night. Now, there's a sample video of this at the Mashable link in the show notes if this isn't quite making sense to you and you want to see an example. But basically, just imagine every Guess Who-style red or blue card of a candidate that you've ever seen pop up when a race is announced, but the background is in exterior camera shots. In the past years, MSNBC has projected results onto the side of the Rockefeller Center building, so I assumed this was the same basic idea. But this was a bit different, and even if I didn't notice the difference as a casual viewer, the tech behind it, the team says, will pay dividends down the line in terms of what they learn along the way and how they can apply that across the board. Quoting Mashable, 
To achieve the illusion, MSNBC's real-time graphics team called on Unreal Engine, a tool originally developed by Epic Games to create gaming environments. Unreal has recently been used by the production teams on television shows The Mandalorian and House of Dragon to project a virtual world onto a physical set. Those projections enabled directors and actors to see, in real time, what would later be added by CGI. End quote. When it comes to film and TV, that last bit is crucial. A version of the tech was also used to film most of the exterior ship shots for the HBO Max show Our Flag Means Death. With a physical ship on a massive soundstage, the backdrop was a 30 by 160 foot LED wall on which was projected scenes of an ocean. And the effect looked so real, even on set, that several of the actors experienced seasickness on the first day of filming. It's another example of how when you see the final product as a casual viewer, it mostly just looks like any other CGI-related tech you've seen before. Most people would have assumed that show was shot in front of an ordinary green screen, but it's way more sophisticated than that, and on set especially, it makes a huge difference. Quoting again from Mashable, While Unreal Engine may be the new darling of televisions, its application to news and sports is inchoate. Mark Greenstein, SVP of Design and Production at NBC News and MSNBC, says his team is the first to seamlessly transition from real-life space into a digital one on live TV. End quote. And the studio is packed with custom, state-of-the-art technology to achieve those firsts. More than 40 million pixels of video walls, an archway made of a single 30-foot video panel, automated cameras that orient themselves using infrared reflecting stickers. But what exactly to do with it all in a meaningful way is something NBC Universal is still trying to figure out. The projection illusion for results is cool. Greenstein throws out the idea that they might expand into the metaverse, and maybe viewers could virtually try on shoes that hosts on The Today Show are modeling live. But even if some of that stuff sounds a bit hokey, Greenstein tells Mashable that whatever they experiment with will move other tech along. As he put it, quote, I compare our VR tech to the space program internally. We wouldn't have a microwave oven if we didn't try to send someone to the moon. End quote. Big words, but I get the point. And with an in-house virtual production council to discuss their next moves, it sounds like they are seriously considering each application of newer tech. For one, Greenstein says they will probably never take away Steve Kornacki's big board. Throwing him into some immersive AR or VR space just wouldn't work. For Kornacki, Greenstein says it's about the story first and about communicating effectively to the audience, having tech work for those purposes, not getting in the way. It's not about, hey, we have this new technology, let's decide how to use it, but rather, here's what we want to do, the story we need to tell, is there technology that can get us there? Which is a decent reminder to all storytellers and creators in this day and age. Sure, the moonshot will help you learn a ton along the way to get there, but, you know, even getting to the moon had many other larger purposes. As every piece of our world does become more and more of a performance, we have to remember the core story that we're really trying to tell. Back in 30 BCE, Mark Antony and Cleopatra were like an OG Romeo and Juliet, at least in their demise. 
Following the invasion of Egypt by Octavian, Antony and Cleopatra fled. Antony, believing that Cleopatra had already died because she had a message sent to him saying just that, stabbed himself with his sword. And then upon learning she was still alive, he was fortunate enough to be brought to where she was hiding and then died in her arms. But with Antony now dead and facing the rule of Octavian, Cleopatra then took her own life by allowing a venomous snake to bite her. Or at least, so the story goes. And the story of Antony and Cleopatra has stayed alive around the globe for millennia. Recounted by Plutarch in the early 2nd century, embellished by Shakespeare in the 1600s, and portrayed on screen by Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton in a whitewashed classic with hints to the Kennedys in 1963. The myths and legends of the pair live on, as we get both further removed from what truth there may have been at the start, and dig deeper with newer technologies to uncover more facts to bolster the story. Of particular interest to archaeologists and historians is the tomb of Antony and Cleopatra, which has never been found. One woman on a mission to learn as much about Cleopatra in particular as possible is University of Santo Domingo archaeologist Kathleen Martinez. She's made a number of important discoveries over the past nearly 20 years, but this week the Egyptian Ministry for Tourism and Antiquities announced a particularly huge find from Martinez and her team. An enormous tunnel beneath an Egyptian temple, which Martinez believes could lead them to Cleopatra's tomb. The tunnel itself is 4,281 feet long and is located 43 feet underground beneath the Tapasiris Magna Temple near Alexandria. Architectural experts are calling it an engineering and geometric miracle. Martinez told CNN that excavation of the tunnel has so far revealed, quote, a huge religious center with three sanctuaries, a sacred lake, more than 1,500 objects, busts, statues, golden pieces, a huge collection of coins portraying Alexander the Great, Queen Cleopatra, and the Ptolemies. The most interesting discovery is the complex of tunnels leading to the Mediterranean Sea and sunken structures. End quote. The Egyptian Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities noted in a recent statement that earthquakes over the centuries have caused parts of the temple to collapse and sink under the water on the coastline, so Martinez and her team have now been approved for underwater excavations. Despite portions of the temple being underwater, quoting Vice, the team was able to get a sense of the tunnel's dimensions and determine that it originally served as an aqueduct that delivered water to thousands of people who lived in this ancient city. Martinez said the structure is very similar to the Eupolinos Tunnel on the island of Samos, Greece, which was built several centuries prior to the construction of the Tapasiris Magna. It's unclear whether this tunnel will help to uncover the elusive tomb of Cleopatra, and there is debate among experts about whether the temple at the Tapasiris Magna is likely to house the legendary queen. End quote. And yes, a small number of articles made a point to mention that there is debate among experts about whether the Tapasiris Magna could actually lead to the tomb of Cleopatra, but unfortunately I couldn't find English translations of any of those arguments. That said, much of the publicity around this and other finds from Martinez over the years do seem to lack a bit of scrutiny. The sources for every article tend to go back to just her and Egyptian archaeologist Zahi Hawass, who has been one of the only Egyptian officials who would answer her inquiries to get permission to excavate. And Martinez herself is a curious archaeologist, having first been a lawyer before switching careers to dedicate her life to learning more about Cleopatra. 
Now, none of that necessarily means that she's wrong, but I did feel it was worth pointing out. Even seasoned scholars can miss things when they get laser-focused on proving one hypothesis. I do think her reasoning here is at least a little interesting, though. Quoting CNN, A series of clues led Martinez to believe Cleopatra's tomb might be located in the Temple of Osiris in the ruined city of Taposiris Magna on Egypt's northern coast, where the Nile River meets the Mediterranean. Chief among them is the name itself. According to Martinez, Cleopatra was considered in her time to be the human incarnation of the goddess Isis, as Antony was considered to be that of the god Osiris, Isis's husband. Martinez believes Cleopatra may have chosen to bury her husband in the temple to reflect this myth. Of all the 20 temples around Alexandria she's studied, Martinez said, no other place, structure, or temple combines so many conditions as the Temple of Tapasiris Magna. The excavations so far have revealed that the temple was dedicated to Isis, which Martinez believes is another sign that the lost tomb lies nearby, as well as the tunnels below the sea. End quote. Even if these excavations don't lead to Cleopatra's tomb, a find many outlets point out would be on the level of the discovery of King Tut's tomb, which happened a century ago last week, they will still lead to many other important discoveries along the way. So the Cleopatra bit could be overhyped, but it's all still very, very cool. I mean, the tunnel's existence alone is pretty impressive. Well, speaking of innovations in live TV, Netflix just announced that they will be debuting their first ever live-streamed event, a comedy special from Chris Rock. Set to stream in early 2023, the live event will be Rock's second Netflix stand-up special and the streaming platform's first experiment with, essentially, live TV. The company has hosted numerous live events of varying scales and then put footage from some of those on the platform after the fact, but has never beamed them live straight to Netflix. And the company says they're experimenting with live technology and using Rock's special to see if live performances are something their viewers will be interested in. It is an interesting announcement because it had never occurred to me that Netflix hasn't live-streamed something before. But, you know, of course they haven't. Live TV packages not included, I don't think any of the major streaming platforms really have. It's another one of those things that's completely ordinary in one way, yet also sort of groundbreaking. You know, what will this look like in its interface? Is it more like TV or a live stream that you'd watch on Twitch? How long before Netflix launches a new tier where watching live costs extra? Very little is known just yet, including the title of the special or the exact streaming date, but I am moderately intrigued. And that will be it from me for this week. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I'll talk to you again on Monday.